0: Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. this episode, we're reading chapter 22 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So grab whatever the fuck we drunk, I don't know. None of us know. And listen along on this drunken reminiscent journey where blah, blah. I haven't yet lost my voice, but now I have. Blah, 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 blah. Woo! Enjoy. Wonderful. Hi! We look shiny and sexy. We uh, decided after doing like three test episodes that we were going to continue doing video. Uh, so sorry, not sorry, sorry. all of you. Uh, so yeah, we invested in a new shiny camera that we won't have to constantly get up and down to uh, like set the recording playing again. Very excited um, not have to stand up. We have time. sexy lighting. Most sexily, we have our own merch. Yes, look. We have. Oh, buy buy our merch. Blink and buy it. Buy, buy the merch. Look um, at it. You don't have to buy a whole cushion, but you should. Yeah. Basically, I, I was like Hannah, Hannah. There, there were pillows everywhere because I'm insane. Um, I also made her take down her own artwork. She did. Yeah. She was like, Do you mind like just just j- j- actually? Do you mind just getting rid of your whole house like it's disgusting it really grosses me out it's absolutely rancid you live in a hole you like you literally do it's absolutely disgusting she was like the new bed's like okay if i have to put up with it i suppose you've like you know installed it yeah literally yeah but i was like just completely redecorate it's all hideous no joke i just i was like i just want less like visual distraction we got some sexy lights and we got our own pillows i've added some stars for more visual distraction Yeah. I'm not wearing a bra. You didn't have to tell them that. Yes, I did. And it looks like we've colour coordinated our outfits because last time we also both wore black, which is a really stupid colour to wear for a visual podcast. Okay, I did literally only really pack two black jumpers as well as this. Oh, Oh, no, I've got my floral top. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, no, but that's (laughs) see-through. Could wear a vest underneath it. (laughs) I didn't break one. Oh, you fool. I know. I'm such a stupid asshole. Also, by the way, um, for anyone that's like, oh, for fuck's sake, they're talking about the fact they're a video podcast now and I don't use Spotify. We forgot to mention it's also on YouTube. Yes. So if you're not a Spotify person, can... I mean, one, correct yourself because then you don't get to do our polls and our question and answery things. But um, yeah, if that's if that's not your jam, we are on also, on... we also are on YouTube. Yeah. So you can go watch there. Keep watching it. Then we could become monetized. Then we could make money. (laughs) Imagine. Imagine What a concept. What a concept. We could also make money. You buy our fucking merch. Merch. Or if we actually did a round two of merch like we've been promising for many years. Also, I just made her watch the clip of... We decided to ruin my day. Yes, the US edition of Cinderella, aka Bad Cinderella. That was so tuneful. Um, I am Bad Cinderella. Cinderella, Because it's fucking awful yeah now just that line is stuck in my head and i want to rip my own head off so expect this episode you're gonna be your ears are gonna be blessed with i I am am bad Cinderella. cinderella Right, I think we should change up the order because <gasps> we have a lot of intro things and our drink has ice in and I don't want it to inherently change because all the ice has melted. Inherently change. You know, its form. What if it tastes wrong? What People if they it... started to get annoyed with us over the way they we drink their chosen alcohols because they've started to leave like how we should drink it notes after we did so many in a row wrong and I'm like, mm, "Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're so welcome." Okay. Okay. Anna, what are we drinking today? Well, this alcohol is from kylie this alcohol is called amarula um and she says sip not shot it's a liquor made from the marula fruit and legend says that elephants eat it and get drunk on the fermented fruit never witnessed personally it's absolutely divine and a true south african classic See, i actually knew that about the fruit because that's why drunk elephant's called drunk elephant because when they they... use the marula fruit in the skincare yeah at least when they started they did Oh, interesting um now that we're a visual podcast this is what the bottle looks like Ta-da! It's very nice. It's got a bit of string on it. Cream with marula sure spirit. The spirit of Africa, 17%. I'm looking forward to this. Cheers. Cheers. It's like a... That's Fruited. really weird. Dailies. Yeah, it is really weird. I like it. No, it is nice. I'm just like... What is my mouth experiencing? It tastes like... I can't think what's sweet, but like... One of those sucky sweets that's kind of like creamy but fruity. <laughs> like the strawberries and cream one where it's got the two sides. Yes, mm. it tastes a bit like that. Yeah. I like it. Mm. It does taste like fruity Baileys. No, I like that. Thank you so much. Who was it again? Uh, this was from Kylie. Thank you so much, Kylie. Yeah, for that's a great choice. Listening to our pleas of giving us nice alcohol. And taking another different country's alcohol off. yeah Yeah. and we didn't try to do the intro in afrikaans so (laughs) (laughs) that i'm sorry that definitely would have hit different like that would not have been okay (laughs) that's why we didn't do it (laughs) we have limits of how offensive we can be do we and it's that Okay, right, on Ugh. to other top... Of- oh, no, we haven't done the first top of the episode thing. How are you? Oh, gosh. Well, despite having, like, not taken my antidepressants in three days, because I'm a dumb bitch, uh, I think I'm okay. I'm coming down with a cold, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. Also, like, my eye is really watery today. Um, In general, in life right now, I'm pretty good. No major complaints. I really miss Todd. I've been staying at Hannah's today, Saturday. I was... When did I... Come you arrived on Wednesday. Since Wednesday? So I miss Todd so much and I'm very worried about him. You'll be okay. I know, I just feel so bad because he's my son, he's my boy. Aww. My boy! My boy! My boy! My boy! How are you? I'm fine. I don't... I'm not coming down with a cold. If you want it, we can kiss. No. Um. I am my face is covered in eczema patches so if you can see that on video that is a new disadvantage of doing this i mean i can't see it not on video well that's good because when i came in earlier you went your face (laughs) yes she did she did look i had just washed it and you were like oh you poor thing (laughs) yeah you you looked in pain yes well it's still that i've just put makeup on top don't um but yeah it's it's self-inflicted so i can't even feel too sorry for myself because i'm trying a new retinal and i'm purging and it's bad you say self-inflicted i'm the one that like recommended it to you wait this is entirely your fault it always is yes but apart from that i'm good um yesterday there was dramatic plant moments when neil ripped an entire plant out of its hanging thing and charlie stood there and cackled for 10 minutes straight yeah it was really funny (laughs) like i know really tragic for you but do admit it was really funny the way it happened was quite funny i do kind of wish we'd got it on video because i still don't understand how it happened <laughs> yeah no like it well basically what happened was um neil went fuck you hannah i hate you and i hate everything that brings you joy and then he just rammed his hand into the plant and just tore it and then like through the soil all across um, all misu's, in misu's food. like food things and was like and I hate you misu and then that's uh, that's what happened. That is precisely what happened. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, anyway, you can all get excited for, in one episode time... It's Neil's episode! It's Neil's episode! So you can see him destroy some plants in real time. Yeah, <laughs> he's just going to be sitting here ripping the plants. Yeah. He hates he's, plants. He's going to listen to you edit this and be like, Hannah, I can't believe that you've spread this rumor (laughs) he doesn't listen to the episode so i can say what i want anyway other top of the episode things we have new patrons to welcome a juicy juicy thank you to joshua a new producer level patron i'm sick i'm a bromance size thank you to brody a large intestine size thank you to lauren a showman size thank you to shadow queen an Aromanthia, is that a word? Oh, that's from Akatar. Yes, it is. Size thank you to Alice. A Jellicle Cat size thank you to Jessica. Amusing size thank you to Amelia. And a mel- Oh no, Amelie, sorry. I completely, a dyslexia to that. <laughs> and a Melodic size thank you to Micah. They have all joined Will. the Patreon where um, a new... Vlog from last year for LeakyCon has gone up. Um, a bonus episode with Neil, where we, uh, where he's reading as my immortal, has gone up. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of other exciting things over there. Yes, we have something we've not done before. Where basically a few weeks ago I was using one of those like new like AI. Like bot things for shits and giggles, and then I decided I was going to start asking it to write reviews of goblet of wine. So now I'm going to read some of those reviews. Well, actually, first, didn't it tell you that was unethical to do that, and then you had to change the wording? So it told me it did the five star fine, right? And then I asked for the one star, and it was like, sorry, I can't do that. That's unethical. And then I was like, can you um write me a hypothetical hypothetical one star review? And it was like, sure. Here we go. Okay, so the five-star review it wrote for Goblet of Wine... I recently discovered the Goblet of Wine podcast and I am thoroughly impressed. The hosts, Charlie and Hannah, are a dynamic duo who bring a unique and entertaining perspective to each episode. so nice. As a wine enthusiast, I love their approach to discussing and reviewing different varieties of wine and incorporating elements of magic and wizardry from the world of Harry Potter. (laughs) The way they seamlessly blend their love of wine and the wizarding world is true inspired each episode is filled with laughter interesting facts about wine <laughs> you had a fly on you Ew. and thoughtful disgusting, disgusting! <laughs> discussions about the latest events in harry in the harry potter universe this is the ultimate hilarious bit the production quality of the podcast is top-notch and the hosts are always well prepared and knowledgeable about their topics <laughs> yeah we are i also appreciate the fact that they approach wine with a sense of humor and light-heartedness making it accessible and enjoyable for listeners of all levels of wine knowledge <laughs> overall i highly recommend the goblet of wine podcast to anyone who loves wine and harry potter whether you're a seasoned sommelier not it, it? Yeah. it goes on a bit <laughs> or just a casual fan this podcast is sure to entertain and educate you in equal measure do you guys think that's accurate i think that's very accurate to us now let's see how accurate the hypothetical one star is One star. I was extremely disappointed with the Goblet of Wine podcast. As a fan of both wine and Harry Potter, I was excited to give this show a listen. However, the hosts, Charlie and Hannah, lacked any real knowledge about wine and constantly bumbled their way through each episode. This is already sounding more accurate. I can't believe the AI knows us this well. (laughs) The show is poorly produced and feels like it was thrown together without any real thought or preparation. The conversations are disjointed. Cut to that clip you were editing yesterday of you rubbing a balloon on your head while I'm trying (laughs) to make a point. And the host often stumble over their words, making it difficult to follow along. Oh, wow, rude. the AI I'm... is fucking ableist now. I know, right? <laughs> Additionally, I was put off by their constant use of inappropriate language and crass humour. It's one thing to be entertaining, but the host took it too far and came across as unprofessional and immature. This review hurts because it's true (laughs) overall i would not recommend this podcast to anyone regardless of their interest in wine or harry potter there are far better options out there that are both knowledgeable and entertaining Honestly. I didn't want to be sassed this hard by AI. (laughs) We very rarely get one star reviews. And when we do, they're normally having a go at us because of our politics. We did get like one, I think, for the first time the other day that literally just Just called us boring. boring. And we were having a discussion before. Because I'm, I'm, you know, we definitely are not a perfect podcast by any means. But if there's one thing... That we're not it's boring. boring yeah um this if someone left a what, genuine one star review saying all that i would be like fair, fair enough it wasn't for you but you've made some fair points there. yeah like absolutely like I one star reviews only bother me when i'm like they're factually inaccurate <laughs> yeah boring. That is, boring we are not no but that is accurate <laughs> we do also have a lovely real review to write To write, to read. The hosts stumble over their words, making it difficult to follow. What a bitch. (laughs) Fucking dyslexic people. (laughs) Anyway, so this comes from O Dickinson, who says, The greatest parasocial friendship I have. I have only been listening for a, for around six months, but listening is truly one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'm now on Order Chapter 16, and I'm so excited to keep listening. Oh. And after listening to this episode, I've discovered that me and Hannah went to the same school. Oh, a stalker, yay! <laughs> when did you say what school you went to i think i've tried to avoid saying that clearly not oh good, 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 uh, oh, good unless Lord. they really did have a good talk <laughs> which fair. no i probably did say it yeah probably uh listening to the two of you makes me so smiley and comfy cozy in even the coldest of tube tunnels oh my god so they're a londoner as well <sighs> hi. hi thanks for doing what you've done and i can't wait to keep listening Oh, that's so nice. I love when people have parasocial friendships with us because I do that with content creators as well i love how much of our lives we give away because we also had an email from someone that was like hey 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 i'm not neil but it's kind of creepy um i worked out where he lived based on all the context we'd given and i live like a mile away and also i went to the same uni and did the same course and i was like wow hi, hi. <laughs> actually no there was a very nice email you said but i read it to neil and he was like do i know him immediately went to facebook amazing <laughs> but yeah um maybe we tell people too much about ourselves Maybe, although, oh my gosh, something else we have to talk about is like... Two nights ago, we went to the Potterless live we show. Did. Yeah, and he we- kindly invited us to his London uh, live show, and it was great. Yes, it was very good. He had dotty on as his British correspondent, yeah. and they kind of went through all of the like British fuck ups, that yeah, basically hit. the mistakes Mike had made, and it was like it was very funny. Yeah, it was really really good. We had such a lovely time, and especially because we also met people, which is bizarre because it's the first time that we've met people in the uk yeah really. we, yeah like, we never run into people in london which is kind of wild. but obviously london's busy and, and also packed, like we've only and... recently started to do videos yes and yeah because um, a few people were like oh yeah because you do video now so i recognized you and it's like oh my oh, god I'm like we will never get used to people coming up to us like it's so lovely it's but so really nice surreal the funniest one was we were in the queue discussing the fact that we both like necked our wine quite fast yeah, i think we were both thirsty and a bit like we'd, what are we doing yeah we'd already drunk literally half of it and i was like saying dana i was like yeah shit like we're not even inside the theater yet and i've already drunk half of my wine and like two girls walked by and then like at my words one of them looked over at us and was like oh my oh god you're a goblet of wine, wine. <laughs> i like to think that she didn't recognize us hadn't watched well, the video well friend had already like moved past us without yeah. clocking us and then turned back and gone shit what <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another one um at the end where someone like a few rows in front of us heard a few people like coming up to us and then turned around and she was like can i ask who are you where are we recognizing you from <laughs> and then she would, yeah, I have heard of you. You did that episode about Northumberland with that guy. And I was like, that might be the best takedown of Neil I've ever heard in my life. Yes. <laughs> and also Northumberland. Norfolk. Nor fucking chance. Nor fucking chance. But um, yeah, thank you so much to everyone that we met. Yes, um, it we was met some so really lovely, lovely people. And we also got some messages like... You were there! I was there too, and I didn't see you, which is wild. Um, but yeah, thank you for everyone that came up to us. And if you ever do see us out and about in London, now that you know what our face is like, please feel free to come up and say hi. Yes, please do. That would be so lovely. We also, because as well as doing video podcasting, we take advantage of all Spotify. please sponsor us, uh, features, including the questions that we put in episodes. So seriously, guys, you don't live, listen on Spotify, what are you doing? Yeah. So we put up a question a few episodes saying basically... Does Slughorn have Horcruxes? Oh, and you yeah, that guys was a good one. Let us know your thoughts. I cannot pronounce this username. It's like am-a-x-ros-u says, I immediately stopped this episode to listen to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, which, yes. Oh, of course, yes. We mentioned correct. the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, yes. Correct take. If <laughs> Right now, stop and go listen to, the, <laughs> listen to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. You should always listen to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. Just in the soundtrack. background to make us more dramatic. Yes. Aquila says I feel like the Slow Club is kind of his Horcrux his legacy lives on in the people he collects what a fantastic reading I, I love yeah, that I literally brilliant you are spot on like it might not lit- well it, it doesn't literally keep him alive like a Horcrux but it is that is absolutely like well done would you like to replace me as the host of Goblet <laughs> of Life yeah Wife? lovely literary take on <laughs> Harry Potter rather than being like have you watched Moulin Rouge yes. <laughs> if they hosted the podcast that AI would not have been the savage no. (laughs) thomas gumbly says no doubledore does and now he's chilling in the bahamas lol yes
1: i can see that i can
0: see that and anna says no doesn't seem to be his vibe i believe him having a beanie baby collection or clown costumes or something like more than a horcrux also very good take i can see the beanie i can't see the clown costume i can see the beanie babies no i see both oh wow like i really really see both but yeah definitely beanie babies he is absolutely that type let's get into the chapter chapter 22 after the burial summer is nearly here Woo! if only um ron is literally hiding from lavender at every opportunity behind hermione now i don't know hermione's size because that's not mentioned in the book thank god but i do I do know that Ron is like six foot four, and I don't think he can very sex- successfully hide behind Hermione. I will say I am surprised that you don't shorten it to lav lav. All my notes are lav lav. Gotta have lav lav. It's just lav. It's lav lav though. I see. Laugh, laugh, But yeah, Ron is a coward who won't break up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Whilst they're standing in this courtyard with Ron ducking behind Hermione, there's a note from Hagrid. Aragog the spider is dead and he's asked Harry, Ron, Hermione to come for the burial. This really made me laugh because of how Hagrid's like, you know how special he was. Because this honestly just sounds like me talking about Todd because I'm so incredibly irrational with him. Like all he does is like just walks around doing standard cat things and i'm like but he's such a special boy he's so intelligent my special little boy it's valid i am hankered but with a 10 foot spider yeah yeah but uh, ron and hermione especially are extremely not impressed they're like we're not going to the fucking spider funeral which is they're just such bad friends they're like we've snuck out for some things before you know that were worth it but not this I'm like Hagrid would come to your spider funeral yeah they're literally they're such dicks to him they're like Like, oh we could get in loads of trouble I'm like when have you three ever cared about that before yeah and also like just because you like one the spider's dead so it's not gonna hurt you it doesn't matter if you didn't like it the bitch is dead and also like I don't know what if you like friend's relative that you didn't really like like you didn't really like their mum but their mum died and they were like will you come to the funeral no sorry I didn't like your mum and also it's like phew, I've got to walk like oh, 20 minutes like nah nah, nah. <laughs> yeah bad friends using both the map and the invisibility cloak which massively helps you stay hidden and secret <laughs> yeah yeah, they are a bit. So they decide not to go. And then they're talking about still Harry getting the memory from Slughorn. And Ron suggests using the lucky potion to yes. get the memory. And Hermione is annoyed that she didn't think of it. Not just like, oh, great idea. She's genuinely like, why didn't why didn't I think of that? Yeah, but it's also like one of my favourite tropes when someone says something like, because one of them, I can't remember the context, but says get lucky. Yeah, get lucky. And then it, that's when they're like, oh my god. It's come to me. But also the minute I read like get lucky i'm like lucky. No, to, to get, get lucky. lucky i don't actually remember the lyrics aside from get lucky up all night to get some You're up all night to have fun okay. up all night- those do be You're some up lyrics all night to get lucky yeah anyway harry like was like eh, um i was kind of saving that which is ridiculous like would you rather a use the potion to help take down voldemort or b use it to try and pull ginny Like, (laughs) ridiculous. I mean, he does in the end take it. No, I know, but he like initially is like, oh no, I was saving it for Ginny. And like, it's just ridiculous. And also, okay, so we have had conversations before about how exactly the Felix Felicis works. Um, And I want to have that conversation again now because say you did use it to get lucky with Ginny. Is this... Like, could it? Fi- depending on how it works, this could feasibly take away her consent in the same way that a love potion would. Right. Yeah. But it's uh, open to however lucky potion works. Yes. But like, feasibly, you could do that. Feasibly, but the way I read it, especially as we're watching Harry actually take it this time, more drink. Can I? Can I no. stop? I must have alcohol at all times, do or I shrivel up like she a prune. Demands and things from me and bullies me. Yes. The other day she just yelled at me. Hannah! Coffee! Yeah, I want a coffee. Okay, I yeah, I noted this down later in the chapter, like whilst Harry's going through taking it, um, because basically like two of the events that happen whilst he's with it that are like by by events, like side events of what his original goal was. Byproducts, buy products, Thank you. I was like by events, <laughs> by events, <laughs> by events. <laughs> was um, both Lavender and Ron breaking up, and both Ginny and Dean breaking up. And the way I kind of interpreted it was these were things that probably would have happened anyway just not necessarily in that exact moment in that exact time and in that exact way so it's not that someone would do something against their own free will because it's if if it was like a potion where that just works harry could have just gone up to sulcon and been like give me the memory and Falcon's so like, yes, it still needs all the other elements. It's just, like, things are more likely to happen. Mm. To me, how I interpret it is, is like, kind of similar, but the way that I interpret it is that, like, there is way more chance of you doing, like, the exact right thing at the exact right moment. So, yeah. like, the fact that Harry walks through and, like, nudges into Ginny is, like, he didn't go five seconds earlier or five seconds late. Yeah. He didn't not, act like, not accidentally nudge her, like, things like that. So, like, for sure... I think, obviously, the thing is, like, he could take it with the intention and trying to use it to get with Ginny. And, like, obviously, that might not even happen at all. No. Um, I think it is open to, like, interpretation because she never says how Lucky Potion actually works. So, I definitely think there is an interpretation, even if I don't believe it, that it could literally, like, bend people's will. I don't buy into that, but I think you could, but... I think there's also like, say if you were like, okay, like I want to get with this person. So I'm going to take Lucky Potion and intentionally put myself in a situation that's going to lend it to like getting with that person. I wonder how far it would go to be like, say that person like completely was not interested. Mm. I wonder how far it would go to try and manufacture a situation in which that person could be interested a.k.a could it feasibly do something like okay well when you're gonna go and try and like be alone with them to get with them actually like coincidentally they're gonna have got like really fucking drunk earlier in the day so would that actually be more open to it or something off that ilk? Or because it does still go back to what each individual person wants, and it's just making the best out of the situation. Would the luck be that they turn you down, but in the nicest way possible, and yeah. everything about that turn down? which they would have originally done, but everything about that works out well. So actually you leave feeling okay about it. Yeah, Yeah, she never explains it. I do find it interesting that she uses the line in this chapter. When Ron is watching Harry takes it, he says, feels great, doesn't it? And Hermione laughs and is like, you didn't take it. And he's like, but I thought I did. Same difference. So they, the character, like Ron especially, clearly thinks that a lot of what the potion does is entirely in your own mind and it's just yeah, the it's placebo. yeah. yeah. because yeah. he says it's the same difference between him taking it and thinking he has. yeah it. it's difficult because with my interpretation of how it works i don't feel like it would necessarily in like 99.9% of cases yeah put someone in a position of like not being able to consent in the same way but saying that I would not personally feel comfortable using Felix Felicis to get with someone. I would not feel good about that morally. No, I would. I, I, I would if it was in a situation that's a lot clearer than Harry's, where you are. Absolutely sure that someone likes you back on 99th century. Sure. Why would you need it? And both of you are too shy for it to actually like. Remember, they're teenagers for actually like take that final step. Yeah, but I feel like if you're both like absolutely no, then that's like a the moot moot point. Yeah, but I get it more from a teenage school perspective of you you think you know. You're like 80% sure, 90% sure you've even heard from someone, yeah, they probably do like you, but things are so much more terrifying yeah, in school. Yeah, I, I just think even that 80 to 90% would give me the ick to then I've got use. Another lucky patient. In your hair. Ew, what is wrong with this room? It's probably the pawn I brought in. Gross. I think taking it with that being your only intention because I like how Slughorn says it should be used of like take it on an absolutely ordinary day with nothing in yeah. mind and then if something like that happens, Great, but that shouldn't be, like, your main intention with taking it. And it's also, Harry, fundamentally a fucking waste of potion. Like, especially when you're trying to take down Voldemort. Harry doesn't care about taking down Voldemort (sighs) in this book. Harry's having a lovely old time just being horny in this book. So... Also, in this whole conversation in his own head where he was thinking about saving it to take for something to do with Ginny, he says the twilight time between sleeping and waking is the time he's let himself imagine it, which sounds a lot like wanking to me. Oh yeah, he's wanking himself to sleep. (laughs) Ron's right there. Yeah I mean I do I will cover in a few chapters time how I am absolutely convinced that Ron knew because Harry was not being subtle. Oh god yeah. And that's why it doesn't come as remotely a surprise. Yeah. But I like to think that that literally includes the fact that Harry would be loudly and furiously masturbating whilst moaning Ginny's name in the bed next to Ron. I actually just got a wave of nausea <laughs> as you said that. Like, <laughs> full on <of> nausea. <laughs> Oh to be fair, Harry then has to listen to Ron doing the same with Hermione, so uh Oh my god. And then just Dean and Seamus are just like making out in the background. Oh, they're like fully like bent over a bed fucking. And in Neville's front of just everyone. curled at a corner, like, like no, I hate this! <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's like a, a tiny side discussion which is just meant to add to like how bad the wizarding world is getting that a five-year-old boy has been mauled to death by a werewolf mm. and it's gray back and hermione's like you've got to get the memory it's you like it's all voldemort you've got to do it which like yes harry you have a job here and you know you are not trying hard enough yeah literally it, like i don't know how harry lives with himself <laughs> for like not trying harder and not having like more of a sense of urgency like his he has no sense of urgency with this task. yeah it is shocking And like, i understand especially in teenagers like the urge to like procrastinate and put off like really like scary things that you're dreading like you literally watched me the other day watch like a video that i had from a client because even though they had sent it with an all caps like i love it about bit of work i did i was too scared to watch the video of the actual feedback And then it was fine, but I procrastinated that for a solid week. Uh, But so I do get the procrastination. But like when I procrastinate watching feedback from a client, lives are not online. online. And like something else that then this kind of set me on the uh, thought path train something thinking about was if Harry hadn't taken so long getting the memory would Dumbledore have briefed him better? Because obviously like a lot of the plot of book seven Mm. is Harry being incredibly bitter about the fact that Dumbledore does not do a good enough job of like briefing him on everything but i wonder i do think that dumbledore left some things to be worked out himself i think that obviously there was a whole thing with the deathly hallows and how he kind of was in two minds about whether to even tell harry about them so like but i a, don't a key part of the information which he did miss out was how to destroy a horcrux I'm just exactly like, you really should have briefed that one yes. <laughs> so whilst i think that he definitely did intentionally leave some stuff back yeah. i wonder if it wouldn't be nearly as much had they actually had wartime mm. because Harry didn't procrastinate like a fucking bitch. Yeah, he only has a few weeks in between giving Dumbledore the memory and them going on the mission that obviously ends yeah. the book. Although I am still like absolutely adamant that there was no reason to wait until Harry got the memory like they could have continued it doesn't matter about like not knowing the exact amount you can still when time is off the essence yeah, Dumbledore, but Dumbledore wanted to be so dramatic and be like dun 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 I mean yeah but that's not necessary he could have continued to brief him being like this is what I suspect we'll wait and see in the memory like yeah. whether we get more I guess maybe he thought that Harry if he didn't have that weighing on him would just never do it maybe um, it was also a test like Dumbledore was like do you know what if he can't get this memory i can't leave it all to him but then what i mean one he doesn't leave it all to him anyway but then also like what is the alternative i know it's Dumbledore. he probably did have like 50 backup plans yeah but i just yeah i wonder how much more dumbledore was planning Mm -hmm. on covering with him that harry just like absolutely fucked it the thing is it can't have been that much more because even if he knew harry was like procrastinating and not getting the task done dumbledore was going knew he was going to die within a year anyway so exactly like, but this is get the I'm, right amount of information out. yeah write a letter <laughs> this is why i think that he should have just continued because he knew that time was off the essence yeah. like he literally i know that it's like oh no but he didn't know how many he could fucking he'd already guess he'd already worked it out he just didn't have it confirmed yeah. And like even after he gets a memory, sorry, I am skipping ahead here technically, but even after he gets the memory, Mm. just because Voldemort had the intention to split his soul into seven, doesn't mean he managed to. Like, they in the end, he's like, oh well, he would have done the last bit or whatever with you. But like, he might not have even gotten that far. He might have still been on number four by the time he killed Harry. Like, it doesn't mean it was gonna be number seven. It's all theory anyway therefore the horn memory does not prove anything therefore he should have continued to brief him it was all for the drama of it so he could hear the the word like horcrux for the first time properly when he's got the real memory yes what's the um i can't remember the word but the origin of the word horcrux i
1: don't
0: know and what's the word for the origin of a word the etymology yes thank you i don't know because it's whore Whore! (laughs) she's a whore (laughs) yes christ we are using that word obviously in the reclaimed sense we are incredibly pro-sex worker here on goblet of wine if unclear by the rest of our politics Imagine if we just hate sex work <laughs> because we've got like one hill more Oh die yeah, on. sorry, back to my list of minorities. Uh, no, the hill will die on is fair. Oh no, I've brought it up again. We're not talking about no! fairies this episode. Um, so they go to potions <sighs> and it's just Harry, Draco and Ernie because everyone else is taking their apparition tests. And Harry notes that Malfay looks thinner and ill. Back to that Sarah J Mass thing of when your mental health's bad, you lose weight. <laughs> Literally, me and Hannah are so nerdy that last night we went to like a cocktail place for happy hour it wasn't even happy hour we just are alcoholics and like all we did was like sit around discussing like one like just the literary industry in general but also like tropes within like ya and na um like fantasy uh literature and yeah we literally talked about it for like two hours essentially (laughs) It is what this podcast is. Essentially, we would do this anyway, yeah. so <laughs> well, that is literally why we started. Exactly. So it's, it, I'm glad we're so on brand. It's not like, George. You know what? I hate drinking and talking about books. What? <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah. Trigger warning for like conversations about like weight mm. and things like that. But yeah, essentially, what we were talking about is the whole thing where it's like, oh my god, she was. So so in poverty and famine. She was so skinny and so mentally ill and so skinny and unhappy and skinny. And then when a character's like, on the way up it's like and then she really filled up but like not in like a gross fat way yeah just like she filled up the right amount boobs like Bit she got muscle boobs and she was boobs. curves in fem- all the right feminine places. curves and muscle because no one wants an angular girl but don't be too fat be don't, just the right don't amount. be too fat don't be too bony um the only way if you're mentally ill is that you become really sick Skinny because overeating is not a thing apparently or like having your metabolism absolutely fucked because you're living in famine also not a thing no if you are poor and mentally ill you must be skinny and then when you get bigger you have to just get tits and like muscle but not too much muscle sorry sarah j mass But uh, But this is what's happening to Draco right now. He's really lost his tits and he's just got, like, a (laughs) bit pointy. (laughs) Harry's just like, uh, I'm still obsessed with Draco, but where Where the fuck are his tits? He used to be, like, so filled out in the chest and it's just all gone. Literally. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Draco looks thinner and ill and also has none of the swagger and the smugness that we are used to seeing for Draco. He's just kind of being like, okay, flipping pages. And the thing is like harry is still so on his train like he's up to something he's up to something he's up to something but it's seen he's lost all this swagger and doesn't think like to me this convinces me more that draco is up to something because like this is genuinely what you would be like you would you would like be that scared if you had got a task from the dark lord and like i don't know harry's still just so obsessed with finding out what yeah Which I get. You know on Taskmaster when the Taskmaster will give them like... A, like six-month-long yes. challenge that he's given secretly no one else. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is that. Yes. Yeah, where he sent... Uh, what was... The, where you have to send a text today. That was what Every he gave no one else. Yeah, that yeah, one was brilliant. Really guys, if you haven't watched Taskmaster, watch Taskmaster. Yeah. It's so good. So good. So they have to create something amusing in this lesson, which is like... Yeah, I appreciate the effort he, that he's gone to to being like, oh, well... It's a bit like, I guess, like a snow day, you know, yeah. when like actually i say this i'm like you know when like no one else could really like make it in but like i never actually had this because i was one of those people that not only lived really far well not really far away but one of the furthest away from the school (laughs) but also the village that i lived in growing up was um in the bottom between two hills so where the minute it would snow you literally could not get out oh, I was um, the opposite I was the only one that ever made it in because I used to walk in so I, my mum would just be like yeah put on your boots get out Yeah, and then I would call her and be like yeah I'm the only one here she'd, she'd be like right I'm not picking you up yeah walk no <laughs> I remember one time in primary school we were already at school when it started to like chuck it down with snow and like was one of those like chuck it down where it went from like yeah, we could get them to like no within 20 minutes it was like you cannot get out of the village and dad had to walk to pick us up early from school and then walk us back through the snow. Um another time it was snowing and the school bus taking us home broke down like cuz it did like a whole route through the village it was actually further away than the school was to begin with and it was the countryside so there was no phone signal so like 15 kids in our school uniforms just had to walk miles and miles and miles through the snow with rocks on your back and you used to dig up coal at the weekends oh yeah yeah that's how we got power, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how the fuck did we get on to You were the- saying that when there's only three people in a lesson, yes. it's like that kind of day. Yeah. And then you have like a DOS lesson. But yeah, so not that I really had that because of snow, but like this is what I imagine it's like. And yeah. I appreciate that Slughorn like went to that effort. But was a very like... A broad difficult brief to create something amusing and but harry I like it. it's open for interpretation yeah but harry decides to create something called the elixir to produce euphoria which is like okay sam livingston um but also like would we say that euphoria is the same as amusing because i wouldn't i would say it falls under the broad category of create me something amusing like like it wasn't so specific like make me a laughing potion it was just something amusing that's the thing i would picture this more as like either a laughing potion or a potion that's funny but just euphoria and i yeah i get harry's like thing of like oh but then if he tries it then he might be in a better mood and stuff but yeah i also think that this is like a really weird concept for a potion like the idea of something that the only use is to make someone like really fucking happy like it's essentially like a drug basically like boys making drugs and especially because there's a line i didn't write that down the full context and now i can't remember but something i think about like a side effect being nose tweaking yeah yeah but also just that it just i don't know i feel like it's like the equivalent of it saying like oh and this 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 you know potion that makes you really happy it makes you gurn like (laughs) you know like like really (laughs) i don't know it's just a bit it's a bit um yeah just i'm like this is a weird drug adjacent potion it is i'm assuming it's one of those things which if they had had a lesson on it it would have been like oh you know if you take this more than x amount of times you get addicted and the effect is bad and like much like a drug like yeah it, it, it doesn't work it just doesn't feel like it should be in a school book no, but I suppose it's they're the advanced year now. They don't have universities, so these are the most advanced courses you can take in potions, if you view it like that. Yeah, I guess. But it just, yeah, it just feels like something really dodgical ethics. You shouldn't make be able to make potions that can uh, create a certain emotion. But drugs can. Like, at the end of the day, it's the same as drugs. Yeah, which are illegal. Yeah, I know, but, like... I mean, we don't know what the stipulations are on buying this, but it, they can... But then should, that's like being like, oh, well, you can't buy weed, but you can legally make it. <laughs> no, you can't. Not in the UK. No, I get... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, saying this, I'm actually pro-legalising drugs, so I don't really know what I'm on about. Yeah. Yeah, I guess wizards are a lot more chill on everything. Their laws are a lot less strict. Yeah, like, Literally, just... their only banned curses are like three yeah i just essentially whilst i'm pro legalized drugs it this would feel like the equivalent of it like sitting down in your science one day and less than one some day growing some magic mushrooms No, and then like your teacher's brian cranston and he's like today we're making meth yeah someone yeah. should make a tv show about that also, Harry just vanishes at the end. Slughorn doesn't check that he isn't just scooping it up and handing yeah. it out to 11-year-olds. Like, yeah. wee! That was wee! a Breaking I, Bad. Rick. I got it. I got you it. didn't laugh. I haven't seen Breaking Bad. But <laughs> no, but you don't need to see it to understand my very funny joke that I made. <laughs> so yeah, Harry then goes back up to the common room and Hermione runs up to him because she's passed her apparition test. Yay! One failed, Ron obviously. failed because he lost half an eyebrow. Let- him have one win. Come on. But no, but all the best people fail their driving test first time. Hannah? So, yeah. Did you fail your driving test? Yeah. And then I failed my second driving test. Oh my God. How many? did <laughs> only take... took three. So me and Neil both did three. Oh. Really? Both of you? Yeah. It's pretty common. Only 40-ish, 42% of people pass their first driving test. So. Hmm. Um, my I, brother took six, so, you know. I, I've never failed a driving test. You've never taken one, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm on Ron's side here. It'll make him a better operator. Yes, sure. Only smug people pass first time. Uh-huh. But yeah, me and Neil are both three test babies. <laughs> I have never wanted to learn to drive and now all of a sudden I really do just so that I can try and beat you i mean i think ad uh, like actual adults have a higher pass rate but yeah 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 any excuse yeah but yeah poor ron it would have actually been interesting if hermione had failed and ron had passed yeah especially because they're definitely like she is book smart and this is a very different like this is actually like a more physical thing Mm. which ron tends to be better at very true yeah so they go up to harry's bedroom where Harry takes what he believes is two to three hours worth of the lucky potion he kind of measures his sip out may I have more liquid please elephant liquid elephant liquid give me the elephant I'm not sure we're meant to drink this much of it at once this is like imagine if we were just drinking this much cream that's fine I am bad Cinderella I'm so good at singing you should really audition for a western show I just can't wait for the Goblet Wine album Goblet of wine. So exactly. they go up to Harry's bedroom, and yeah, he takes the lucky potion, and as soon as he takes it, he's like, "I'm going to Hagrid's. I'm gonna go to that spider funeral." And Ron and Hermione start to freak out. They're like, "Uh, Harry, uh, no, uh, Slughorn, uh, is this in date? Uh, help!" This is wild, purely because I feel like if Slughorn, one, he like had it in a lesson and two then gave it away as a prize but he doesn't seem to have given them any education on how it actually works because once again this is jk rowling's classic thing of not actually wanting to do the work into working out how her own magical systems work yeah And this does my head in. One, because this is just unrealistic. If you're like teaching about a potion, using it as a demonstration in a lesson, using it as a prize in a lesson, you need to be educating on how it actually works, which would mean that Ron and Hermione would know, okay, no, this is, you know, this is how it is working. Like, it's fine. But I also just don't get it from JK's point of view. Like... I don't know. Everyone enjoys different things. But, like, I've currently been, like, writing up, like, a magical system for the thing that I'm writing, and I, I've i got graphs. The thing is, she always says she's got books and books and books worth of I don't like believe notes. her. I believe her on some of the things, because some things do have a lot of depth. But other things just don't. They're very shallow. I don't think any of the magical systems have any depth. Not that we see. Mm. And they seem to repeatedly contradict themselves. Yeah. I think... The weird thing about the way she does the potion lazily is it is shown at the beginning of book six as like, oh, some examples of very complicated potions that I would think if I was being shown them and I thought what Zucker was implying was that you will learn how to make. Now we learn earlier in this chapter or later in the next chapter, I don't remember because I've read three in one weekend, that this potion takes six months to brew. So that would imply that this would be one of those things where because it's a year long course, they should have started this brewing this potion in January let's yep. say so that they could keep adding to it over the course of the half year and it'd be ready by the end of the year and then they've learnt the thing they got shown at the beginning but they have never flicked to the recipe of this so why was it being shown in the first lesson of some examples maybe Hogwarts views sixth and seventh years as like very linked so they were being shown things that they can learn in the next two years because that's how sixth form works in the UK like I was shown my curriculum at the beginning of my... Sixth year in secondary school, I was showing my curriculum for the next two years, but like, yeah, it's just the kind of thing which Slughorn was showing it. You'd think they'd be learning it, yeah, at some point. And what I also find weird is like, surely a potion that creates euphoria and Felix Felicis. are very similar. So yes, how, and you can brew one in an hour and a half and one takes six months. Exactly, because yeah. surely, like, if we're buying into the, like, theory that's heavily hinted that a lot of Felix Felicis is placebo, mm. surely the feeling of euphoria would in turn create many... It might not go to the same extent, mm. but it might create a lot of overlap. Mm. Um, But yeah, I, I just find it wild that she doesn't bother fleshing out. Like, how can you write in a potion... And be like, I'm not gonna decide between myself how this works and I'm yeah, gonna at least put, you like, should know in your own head. If you're not tell the yeah, exactly. Like this is the thing, like I've designed an entire magical system that only twenty percent of it is relevant to what I'm writing. Yeah. But it all exists because it has to. Well, yeah, I wrote the other day I'm doing a three year time jump at some point and I wanted the plot points set out for that three years so I decided the best way for me to do it because I might want to hint at things and give extraction of things is letters over those three years. Now, 10% of those letters is only going to be shown but I wrote out in full, I wrote 12,000 words of letters spanning three years so that I can reference back to them at any given point. Maybe we have too much time on our hands. (laughs) Maybe. But... (laughs) I don't know. Like, because what you're writing isn't fantasy, but, like, what I'm writing is. And genuinely, doing the magical world building Mm. and the research into all of that is so much fun Mm. that I don't understand, like... I don't believe that she really did that much work into it because there's so much repeated instances of magical like contradictions and mm. it not being clear how it works that i do not believe that she's worked out how it works and i do not understand how you can start to write a fantasy series without having decided how your magic works i think one of the problems is is the series took off so much from like book one two that she was then under these very strict time pressures and that doesn't mean that she shouldn't have worked it all out at the beginning, she yeah, should. Yeah, she, like, I don't understand how you start writing No, now. she absolutely should, but also, yeah, there was this pressure from publishers for her to get a book out a year, which for this level of fantasy you should never be pressuring someone to write a book a year. Like, a book a year is only if you're writing more, like, lighter-hearted, easier stuff. Yes. Like, bear in mind, it's nowhere near as complicated as Game of Thrones, but and George R. R. Martin is taking too long, but even when he was in his faster writing stages, there were four to five years in between each book. Yeah, I mean, Same for Patrick Rothfuss Mm. uh, and the over 10 years now Mm. to write one book. Hurry up, please. Yeah, that's too long. Please. Well, I'll take four. (laughs) I think he's fucked it up, honestly. Well, George Dora Martin definitely has. (laughs) Yeah. No, but literally, like, I won't spoil it for anyone, but the timelines don't make sense. So yeah. He says, Hagrid's place is the place to be tonight. Which... I love that phrasing Yeah, and I will say this is one of the rare scenes and I do love it in the book but this is one of the rare scenes that the film does better I think I think that Daniel Radcliffe is a great comedic actor and I think that the way that they like scripted it was brilliant yeah and he's he's a great comedic actor he's also a great like Body actor, I can't remember the word for that. A um, physical actor, physical actor, yeah. And he just Let's he does it. Physical physical. physical, physical, yeah. He does. I just feel it's the place to be tonight. like yes. it's and then brilliant. when he does the pincers. So um, Lavender sees Lav, 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 Lav sees Hermione and Ron coming out of the dormitory and starts yelling because obviously she cannot see Harry. He's under the invisibility yes. cloak. Yes, but. They've been friends for... What year are they in? Six. Has been six friends? years. Five and a half years, yeah. Yeah. So, like, six years. Why does it matter if they're together alone? Because she's already really wound up. Because she's right! She's right! I mean, she is, but... Like, the thing is, we can call her, like, oh, being too jealous, they're already existing friends, but she is right. Ron's in love with Hermione, Hermione's in love with Ron, and Ron has been trying to get Lavender to dump him. Like... Don't get me wrong. Yes, like, she is correct. But then my thing is always, like, if you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. Mm. And therefore, they don't have trust, correctly. Yeah. So they don't have a relationship. Well, no, but Ron knows that. He doesn't even want to be in this relationship. Yeah, but she doesn't know it. But it just, like, it just, the concept of her being like, oh my god, you two were walking through. Like, they might be coming back from class at the same time or together or something. Not she also would (laughs) have. in his bedroom oh is this from the dormitory yeah oh, no no, no. Yeah. it's not from the door it's from the door to his bedroom down into the common okay, room. okay yes that is slightly more dodgy but still They'll there is friends. actually not money reasons for her to be up there yes but still they've been friends for like six years it's that kind of thing like obviously there is something going on but it's also like you could make the argument if something was gonna happen it would have by now yeah like i don't know It just, yes, she's correct. But I'm like, if you have that little trust, you shouldn't be in the relationship anyway. I find it wild she calls Hermione her when she has known Hermione just as long. And shares a bedroom with her. Like, how are you not going to name her when you share a bedroom with her? Yeah. It's very extreme. And then in a, like, one-two motion, Harry goes out of the portrait hole and accidentally brushes into Ginny, who starts yelling at Dean for helping her through the portrait hole. Yeah. So he's just breaking up couples left, right and centre to his own end. He's a reaming on one. It's funny that they literally start a breakup argument over this because I get what it's meant to do. It is probably just like a polite hand on the back and Ginny's quite like the person the kind of person that doesn't like that and if she said it enough times he shouldn't be and he wasn't doing it to be yeah. fair but like it, it, it's funny that this is what causes their breakup to be fair she has no reason she knew she felt something mm. so i can absolutely understand if she'd be like hey don't do that and he'd be like i hadn't done it yeah that then i would be like okay well if you're really like adamant that you didn't do it you're gaslighting me because i know that i felt so maybe that was it yeah maybe it's the fact that he obviously would deny and it deny because he it. didn't do it and then but to like, her she might have been like well you're gaslighting me yeah yeah or he's like or she's like well you didn't even notice it because you don't listen to me asking you yeah. not to do it and like mm. yeah a detail that i love is that Harry says it's as if the path ahead of him was illuminated. Yeah, that's fun. And I like this as well because it's actually... You can get a spell in Skyrim that if you're on a quest and it's like you need to go here. Normally you kind of have to work it out by there's like essentially a bar and... There'll be a logo for where you need to go and you have to kind of put it in the center at all times. Right. so if you need to go more north or more south, you're just like centering it right. But sometimes that can be really difficult, especially if you're like really close, but it's like up a mountain, you're like you know things like that. So yeah, there's a spell you can get that like illuminates the path. Oh. So I'm like I like that this is a little like like a yeah, like a version of that. yeah, yeah. my my cat Todd, you know, he wrote such a good game. Oh, because who wrote that game is called Todd. Yeah, yeah. no, because no, my cat Todd wrote Skyrim. Well, yeah, he's very clever. He's good at holding pens and typing as well. Yeah, and coding and yeah, yeah. Harry diverts to the vegetable patch because he's like it's the, the place to be, yeah. and lo and behold, finds Slughorn there, and he just just reveals himself. He's like. But, but the way he does it, the way he's like behind a wall and then he says he pulls off the cloak with a flourish. I'm fully imagining him like, like, you know, a matador person that does yeah. like the bullfighting. I'm fully imagining him like... Yeah, I am exactly. Harry. He decides to tell Slughorn about Aragog because he thinks truth is mm-hmm. the best thing. And a Slughorn's curiosity gets aroused. Yeah, he's like, mm, venom, money, mm, money, money, Unnecessary money, money. phrasing. Not a good enough reason to use the word aroused. I didn't notice it. I don't mind it. You've got a dirty mind. No, I just don't like the word aroused. Aroused. I've never been aroused in my life. I see. But yeah, he's like, money, 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 money. Um, Slughorn's wearing a tie. Ties haven't been mentioned before as part of wizarding wear. And I think this is really where the film starts to influence Joe. Yes. And I also... With all of my heart, believe that Slughorn is a bow tie man. Well, maybe it means a bow tie, but I still don't understand how, with robes not as they are in the films, as they are like in the original idea that J.K. had, how a tie fits with that. Maybe it doesn't, and he's just he's, he's just, just, just loose in like an Avril Lavigne, early Green Day kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think that, like, yeah, the, the films were really influencing her now and she was now oh, seeing, absolutely. like, ties with, like, the kind of more looser robes over the top. Yeah. Then when he comes back, like, so Harry goes down to Hagrid's, uh, Hagrid greets him, Slughorn's gone to get alcohol, and then Slughorn comes back and he comes back wearing a cravat. <laughs> so now I'm even more wildly confused at what on earth he's wearing with his robes because a cra- a cravat... So is he wearing, like, a Mr. Darcy-style shirt, waistcoat, then robes? I simply don't know. I just, I need someone to draw this because I can't wrap my head around it. Yes. A cravat. Uh, They go to, like, look at the spider above the hole, and Slughorn's just stealing the venom whilst Hagrid cries. Yes. And, like, the thing is, it's not hurting... Hagrid to take this venom and Aragog was a bastard so I actually am on Sloghorn's side here. Like <laughs> he, it's, it's not right but also like it's not hurting Hagrid. The thing is if he'd asked Hagrid would have said oh, yeah. yes because like Hagrid says yes later to the unicorn tail so he should have just asked. Yeah. yeah. He should have asked. This is my thing. Yeah. The actual action. Fine. But he should have asked. There's also a line saying that Hagrid is touched when Harry tells him that Slytherin's going to come, which is really sweet. And even more so, yeah, he would have just said yes. But he's also like, Aragog would have liked that. <laughs> and again, I just relate to Hagrid for being absolutely insane. Like, I would again say this about Todd. I'd be like, Todd would have liked that. <laughs> and then Harry's in his own head like... Aragog would have liked how much flesh Slughorn has, like Harry's even more sassy on this potion. Yes. and again Todd would have liked how, mu- how much much flesh <laughs> Slughorn's spider-filled pun funeral speech is one of the best things I've ever read He's like, comes up off the cuff with all these puns like, and the eyes the many eyes of your friends will watch on, and the shadowy cave, and like, I'm like how are you coming up with this on the spot? This is absolutely brilliant. It's very Eloquent man. He is, he is. And to include puns in it. Amazing. Mm. So they go inside and Slockon's like, let's have a drink for Aragog's memory. Turns out he's getting a house elf to taste every bottle of wine he Drinks. he is a potions teacher yeah why doesn't he have a spell or a, another yes. way this is madness like, we have things you can dip in drinks to check yeah. they're not spiked how is there not a potion that you can like add a drop and it does like color yeah. how coordinate? is the best method you can come up with like surely there's a spell or another little potion you can add in or something yeah or oh gosh what what's that thing called the um the something sensor you know when it's the oh oh, against... oh oh yeah that would get it yeah, yeah um... Like yeah or the, the blah, blah. yeah, the decoy. No, not the decoy detonator. No, the, the something sensor or yeah, something like you know what we mean. Yeah, you've got it. You've got it. Oh, it's it's a spinning top. You're right. Inception. <laughs> it's gonna annoy me now, but yes, yes, it is mad. And then obviously Secret- Harry. Sensor? Harry's Harry's. Is it secrecy sensor? Yeah, maybe something like that. No, that's the pole. Oh yeah. So well, would that not work for poison? Probably. Surely. Like if it's, yeah, I don't know. There's like... got to be something better than feeding yes. it to house cells. And I understand that Harry obviously doesn't pull him up on it because he actually has a much, a, a more important mission at this point. Are you point. saying it's, it's for the greater good? To... Yes, it is. But Harry's like, obviously I can't bring it up right now, but I'm also just not going to tell Hermione about this. This is bad. I was like, For God's sake, Harry. Yes. Also, as a point aside from this, a teacher should not be giving a student wine, especially an underage student. Oh yeah, Harry's not 17. And this is the second time, but even if he was 17, a, stu- a teacher shouldn't be giving a student wine. No, but it it, it uh, Hogwarts is meant to be reminiscent of an old-fashioned school and this definitely is something that happens so like No, but that just, doesn't make it okay. No, it doesn't, but It's so in keeping with Slughorn being like this old fashioned teacher (sighs) that it didn't even jump out to me. I really wish we'd watched History Boys last night because this is literally. It is like essentially the same character. Yeah. It's so good. Mm. But yeah, I'm not saying it's not wrong. It's just so within the theming of Slughorn that it didn't even leap out to me. No, exactly. This is, again, it's that classic thing. We're doing a deeper reading. So this is the first time I've ever read it and been like. I mean, even we did literally read a chapter not too long ago where he. Gives students wine, and it didn't occur to me then. Yeah, admittedly, other things were going on in that chapter. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harry doesn't drink any of it. But um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like, "Lol, I've had a house health test it all after your friend Rupert got poisoned, and this is very funny. Yes. Like, this is very funny. Yeah, from Joe, like to call around Rupert. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this is the kind of like." meta fourth wall breaking thing that i really enjoy and i understand not everyone likes this kind of thing but i do it's like you're reading a book right now that we've both read where there's a character and it's like a like smutty fantasy and a character the main character loves reading like smutty books and it's like literally so meta in there it's like a wink wink nudge nudge it's like how am i gonna make this character relatable i'm gonna literally make her do exactly what the reader is doing at this exact moment yeah and i i get that why people wouldn't like that but to me i'm like i think it is ballsy and funny yeah i like this because it's such a small mention it does it it it's a lot more glaring Mm -hmm. in in that instance but yeah i quite like it it's it's cutesy and it's funny and why not harry doesn't drink which i find interesting he's like felix like tells him not to drink and i think this isn't just like oh because obviously he needs to keep a clear head i can imagine that mixing felix Felicis and alcohol would have a very very bad consequence like reaction yeah and he's also 17 and well, would be really hung over the next day well yeah but like yeah i can imagine a lucky potion mixed with alcohol is just i can imagine it's the kind of thing where you suddenly think you're invincible and you're like i'm gonna fly off the top of hogwarts like it would yes. just be bad yes definitely hagrid has been using unicorn hair for bandages can i just say we love an upcycling queen yeah and he's like always really strong yeah like I love, Hagrid. I love this. I like I. I love that Hagrid doesn't give a fuck what it's worth. He's just using it for the most like practical and efficient thing that he uses it for. Like literally, he is upcycling, and we love that. Yeah. And like, so, yeah, he. <sighs> People like Draco take the piss out of him because he just lives in a cabin. Hagrid has the means to be making an absolute killing. I don't think Dumbledore would mind him selling spare things on the side. No. But it never occurs to him. He doesn't want to. No, because he's happy and content with the life he has. And he also views animals as animals. They're not a way to make money. He's not harvesting this hair. He's taking this hair because it naturally tears off. And then he's using it to help other animals. He doesn't think, oh, brilliant, Like I'm going to make some money with these animals. No, He... Is just a gem. He is. He's. He's not. In, he's not in this book enough. No. This is like one of the first instances we've had with mm-hmm. him. Like, but yeah. The fact, yeah. Harry. Um. Hagrid is like so thrifty and upcycling and like. Yeah, I just. He's. just oh, just great character. I love him, and he's very relatable. There is a wild use of the word husbandry, which I. What have, context was it used in? Um. It is used in um bow truckle husbandry well because it's like animal husbandry yes but i never considered i had never like clocked this word used before and i found it a bit wild to use it for magical animals i don't know why i just was like like i so clearly imagine it was sheep and cows i'm like bow truckle husbandry are the bow truckles because they're sentient like much more sentient than a sheep is yeah i'm like are the bow truckles the one doing the husbandry (laughs) i don't know i just didn't expect the word husbandry to come up in harry potter yes i i do like to think that it's not actually husbandry as we know it but yes. like literally people becoming bowtruckle's husbands yeah exactly That's what like sounded, regardless like. of gender like you are now the husband Of oh, yeah of the bowtruckle yeah yeah uh harry is like i need to get them really drunk the wine bottles are emptying and suddenly can do the refilling spell why does anyone buy anything in this world if you can refill wine i just it makes no sense this is a high ticket item we know sloggon has good taste this isn't even going to be dirt cheap wine this is going to be nice wine and you can do a refilling spell on it yeah you literally there would be no economy like and i guess maybe it's like muggle wine that they are buying Um, No, we know Rosmerta makes wine. Oh, and maybe you buy, yeah, you'd buy different varieties and things when they came out. But then still, you just keep refilling the ones you had. It's at least very sustainable. But yeah, there's also I just it annoys me so much that she bothers to set up. Oh, you can't magic food unless you're making more of what you already have. That makes no sense. No, and like. I sort of buy this a very complicated spell because Harry's almost 17, has not mastered it, and can only do it because of this. So we can assume that a lot of people at Hogwarts never master it. But Mm. there'd be enough people where, yeah, there would be no economy. This is stupid. Yes. The word uh, goblet of wine does not come up in this chapter, but the word bucket of wine does. New podcast name Bucket of Wine. Do you remember when we had the bucket? We have the whole episode about the bucket. That was a really good time. And it wasn't even a bucket. It was just a big box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they get absolutely shit-faced. Yep. Like, fully Bl- steaming. yeah Dishwashered. <laughs> yep. Um, Wankered. It, all of the words. Pissed. Pished. Püshed. Yeah. Um, um so the point to the point where Slughorn calls Harry Parry-Otter, which sounds like a parody book about Harry Potter. Oh, it does. <laughs> Parry-Otter? Like, Otter. Um, oh God, what's the guy that writes like the porn parodies? Yes. Also, like we keep kind of flashing in time as time goes forward because Harry knows he's got to get them drunker. Is Harry sitting there silently for the two hours this scene <laughs> takes place in? Or, or like is he joining so. in the conversation? I-, <laughs> I can just imagine him sitting there just nursing one glass like... I I do really hope that this night did foster a friendship between Slughorn and Hagrid. same. I really hope they stayed buddies. Can you imagine the scenes the next morning when they both woke up at the table? Yeah. Just like... And because, like, I feel like Slughorn is definitely classist. Like, there is not a doubt in my mind he is absolutely classist and probably as well, like, slightly, um... I don't know what the word would be, but I guess, like, xenophobic towards, like... Um, mixed, a species. mixed species yeah so yeah like i like to think that this is like a real like eye opener for slug horn, and then like really creates this, like, unlikely friendship where Slughorn's like, I actually had a really good time with this bloke that is, like, not bloke. And the then they just go to of the pub together. Like, yeah. you imagine them being like, do you want to go to pub on Friday? They'd be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do want to go pub on Friday. Yeah, definitely. And, like, because I think a lot of the teachers, like, I can't see Hagrid being close to him. I think that, like, McGonagall obviously would always be nice to him. 100%, yeah. But I don't think that they would be close. I think he would be close to, obviously oh god the herbology teacher what's her name sprout, yeah. sprout um but aside from that i'm not sure i see him being like and like Friends. oh yeah and obviously he's like got a very good relationship with dumbledore but it's not like they would you know like have hang. a drink and a chat together yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah they might have like a few years ago but i think now dumbledore's definitely too busy so yeah i really hope that this made like a really unlikely friendship and also because i do i really love any like real life friendships where it is more of like a like snooty like upper class like refined like man with like a more like blue collar like yeah. rough around the edges like i just love seeing those friendships like the village we live in is very much like the local like pub cr- um crew that like in the pub together like the locals every single day is very much like a mix of that mm. and it's just delightful yeah now but now all i'm thinking about you I, have you seen that the banshees of air in yes now all I'm thinking about is those two as that and it's just scaring me. Yes. I'm now imagining Hagrid and Slughorn as the characters from Banshees of Inishare and, and and Slughorn just, like, Hagrid just going one day, but you liked me yesterday and I don't like you today. <laughs> <laughs> but you liked me yesterday. <laughs> you know what's really funny about when I watched Banshees of Inoriginal, however you say it, it took me way too long oh, to no. the point where oh, no. I know what you're gonna when say. he cuts his finger off, I was like, oh. well they need to hurry up put it in ice put it in ice put it in ice so they can like you know like set it back on and my mum was like charlie it's like the what year was it set it's 1910s yeah she was like the, oh 20 yeah 1910s yeah. or 1920s yeah she was like charlie it's like a hundred years ago like they can't just and i was like oh i just thought that was what island was like i saw a tweet about this and i was gobsmacked i was like how can anyone think that there is a horse and cart in one of the first scenes okay so- I Mum stuck it on in the background when I was in the room. So when it first like started playing, I wasn't actually paying attention to it. I was like doing something else. And then I started to be like, oh, I'm actually really enjoying whatever this is that's on. I right. didn't even know what film it was right. when it started playing. So it's more that I probably tuned in actually probably like 20 to 30 minutes into the film. Okay. So I'd kind of missed a lot of the context. So then a lot of the scenes were just like the outside scenes of yeah. them kind of like walking between places and like arguing with each other yeah so i had missed like all of the opening contest oh, no. a lot of people did what didn't realize for a while it was set in you know to be fair th- there's a lot of it that's pretty timeless. It was more the horse and cart that I was yes. like, no. And I think <laughs> any of the really old-fashioned references that I did pick up on, I literally was like, that's probably Ireland. Hagrid falls asleep at the table and Harry's like, right, now is my chance. They, st- Him and Slughorn start having a conversation and Harry starts being really explicit and morose about his mum and dad, like really explicit. <laughs> but what annoys me is the fact that like Slughorn is literally like, do you remember it? And then Harry starts to tell it, and then all of a sudden Sluggy's like, I'm an old man, I don't want to hear this. He's like, he's you, like, asked? you asked! You Yeah, you started this! Yeah. Have you seen Modern Family? Yeah. Not all of it. I've seen like mm, six seasons. I would love to see a redoing of Harry Potter where Slughorn was played by oh, I really forget the names the um, larger of the gay couple. Oh, yeah. But like as the same character. <laughs> literally could you, that would be so good that would um, be yeah but yeah so he basically like asks if Harry remembers it and Harry starts to go through what he does remember from it and yeah. and also what he's been told afterwards yeah and to me, this was quite interesting because, again, that classic thing—we're doing a DP reread, so I kind of notice things I haven't noticed before. And also because I think traditionally, whenever we think about the scene and learn about the scene, we do it through the eyes of either Harry or Voldemort. Those are the only characters that we really see inside their heads. Yeah. We never, ever, ever have a chapter or any information from the perspective of Lily or James. Yeah. Um. So whenever I've kind of thought about this scene, read about the scene I've never pictured it from their point of view but reading this like a line that stuck up to me was Harry being like dad was already dead Yeah, and this really stuck out to me because I hadn't fully processed, processed this before and viewed it from Lily's point of view Yeah, and when I had thought about it from Lily's point of view I always focused on how difficult it must have been for her or like not difficult because obviously like she has that motherly instinct and it's a no brainer to sacrifice herself for Harry but I never really thought about the fact that Lily's final moment, she knows that James, the love of her life, the man she's been with for years since she was a teenager, that she's married, that she's reproduced with, dies. And she knows... And she hears it, yeah. Yeah, and she knows he's dead. She probably sees him dying. She has to cope with that in her final moments. That probably influences the decision that she makes that she's okay with sacrificing herself and i don't know it's just one of those things where until this reading i really had never actually thought about lily's point of view of how horrible that must be like like imagine like neil dying you like see it know it happens mm. like and then yeah and even though that's your final moment so it's not like you get to fully process the trauma that's still like a horrific thing that you must think even if i somehow got out of this yeah and also james's helplessness of he knows he doesn't have his wand in his hands and he knows he's going to die but he probably knows that even that is not enough to stop voldemort just walking up the stairs yeah. Like he hasn't done enough to save them because they weren't prepared and yeah what broke what broke me about this line is I believe it's the first time in Harry Potter, it's the first time I've really noticed that Harry says dad rather than my dad. Yeah. So because he never s- g- spoke around them, as in he hadn't learned to talk yet, he almost exclusively refers to them as my mum and my dad because he never called them mum and dad so whenever he's talking about them to other people he says my mum my dad which was a subtlety i'd never noticed before but obviously you do that in more formal settings like when you're at work you say things like oh my mum did this but around Mm. like you and neil and like people you're more casual with you say mum like it's a name because it's what you call them and harry never does that because he never called them that and i i think it might be one of the only times where he says dad not my dad yeah. dad was already dead and it broke yeah. my heart because i was like harry never got to call him dad he never got to say hi dad or like mm-hmm. oh and it that hurt me that line i was like no i can't yeah yeah, yeah definitely he, he speaks about them more like more in a factual way of like these people that that was my dad and that was my mom But he doesn't refer to them, I guess, in like an informal way of like, mum, dad, like... Yeah, and also in that personal way, he's constantly in a position where he's around people who knew his own parents better than he did. Yeah. But this feels, even though Slocal knew his parents, like he had more of a relationship to them. Which obviously he does, but like, you know what I mean, Mm. he's constantly in a position where other people are telling him about his parents. Yes. Yeah, so is like, stop, stop, I'm old and it's sad. And Harry's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot that you liked Lily. He's lying. He knew this. It's all part of his his master plan. And then he's like, well, if you liked her so much, why wouldn't you help me? You won't help her only son. as She died to save me. Like, full on manipulation from Harry here. Well done. Very yeah. good. And then Harry plays the chosen one card, which really made me laugh when I was listening to the audiobook of this, because it's like... It's just so funny. I understand that he is the Chosen One. I understand that stra- he is strategically doing this to yeah. manipulate Slughorn. But it just sounds so big-headed that I found it absolutely hysterical when he starts to be like, I am, I am the, the Chosen, chosen one. one. Yeah, It's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a note about how basically Slughorn won't make a relatively very small personal sacrifice like i understand that this is difficult for him emotionally he feels guilt but that's a really relatively small personal sacrifice in order to like direct take direct action against fascism Mm. this small personal sacrifice until this point has not been worth it for him to work against fascism. And I will say that this is the exact same as anyone that will not make a small personal sacrifice by not playing Hogwarts Legacy or engaging with or spending any money on any kind of Harry Potter or J.K. Rowling IP to work against fascism. If you read this thinking that this is really rational of Slughorn and that he should just given up the memory ages ago, but you will still engage with and buy from Harry Potter IP you were making the exact same decision that Slughorn did. Do you not agree? I do, but I had a counterpoint about why I didn't give it up, but now it feels really wrong to say it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you can. I'm like a book counterpoint, but I'm not going to. <laughs> no, you can. Well, it's, it's not just like the personal sacrifice of his pride. Even though he is already hunted in some ways by Voldemort, I think he thinks that like, oh, if he ever found out that I gave it, I will 100% be murdered. Rather than him just trying to collect me as an asset i would just be murdered in cold blood and like the hunting of him will get worse and he's already lived on the run for years yeah although it's still like not a good enough reason to give it up no and but also i would argue that like voldemort probably wants him dead anyway because he knows that he knows like i don't think it's like i don't think voldemort's the kind of guy that's like i'm fine you having a secret that can lead to my downfall so long as you don't tell anyone i think he would just be like death to anyone that knows yeah yeah but then, yeah, it's always been. Slughorn's always phrased it as Voldemort wants to try to collect him rather than murdering him. Which I suppose maybe because Slughorn's like the head of Slytherin and is this morally gay, grey character, maybe. Voldemort. Morally gay! Morally gay! <laughs> He's just so gay. Well. He, like, Voldemort does believe that maybe he could get Slughorn on side. But is this an unreliable narrator moment? Oh, because yeah, Slughorn collects people. That's how he sees the world. So maybe he thinks, or maybe this is kind of like a. Um, Uh, Like, he's denying it to himself that uh, Voldemort wants him dead. Yeah, maybe. Um, So this is his, like, denial. He's like, no, 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 he wants to collect me. Or this is him, like, either flattering himself or just seeing it through his own world point of view. And actually, probably Voldemort does want him dead. But for whatever reason, Sluggy is not seeing it in that way or letting himself see it in that way. Mm. Yeah, Slughorn's definitely an unreliable narrator. But yeah, his reasons for not giving it up aren't good enough good enough at all and he very much views like Lily as this amazing person but won't do the same thing himself which was what makes Slughorn a interesting character to read about because we have a book filled with people like Harry who are willing to literally like jump in front of people like all the time and Slughorn isn't and it makes him an interesting character but Yeah. yeah it's not a good enough reason at all but finally after Harry's like she died she died to save me I'm the chosen one I'm the chosen one I'm the only one that can do it give it to me give it to me give it to me oh yeah give it to me give it to me slughorn (laughs) and then he says like be brave like my mother and then harry also insists that on like a moral level slughorn giving up this memory will cancel out the bad that he did with a whatever he did in the memory which i don't think watching the memory in the next chapter is that bad because he didn't know what tom was like and it could have come across like academic interest i think like the last part of the conversation is slightly different but slughorn does say i'm not talking to you about this anymore like yeah. i mean we can it, it's the not giving it up that's the bad part yeah we can like discuss it like more in the next chapter when we actually see that scene but it's also like he was being manipulated by like a, a manipulator manipulator yeah 100 like, you know and it, he was being manipulated in his petition, in his position as someone who is meant to impart wisdom. Like, yeah. Um, the last thing Slughorn says before he falls asleep, which did break my heart a bit, is "You're a good boy, and you've got her eyes." Mm-hmm. I was like, Ouch. like yeah. he does want Harry to win, like, oh and then yeah. he falls asleep. Yes, which I had a note just being like, how late is it? Because like one. Like, how long has Harry been there? Like, what time did he start? Like, also, like... I guess, like, different people do ha- handle alcohol differently. But one, normally I, like, struggle to sleep when on It does on say they've booze. drunk, like, I've 16 never... bottles of wine. Yeah, but I've never, like... I wouldn't... <laughs> Maybe it's, like, a bad phrasing in that he's not fallen asleep, he's passed out. Yeah, I think it's passing out. Because, yeah, like, I could get, like, passing out or blah, blah, blah. But I've never drunk so much that I've literally, like, fallen asleep where I am. Maybe if I was drinking and was literally up, like, so late that I was that tired. It can't actually be that late. Harry only took enough Lucky Potion for, like, three hours and he says he can feel it wearing off as he leaves. Yeah. It can't be that late. Yeah. I think it can... And it was Twilight when he went down it's like may so i think at most it's about 11. yeah but then i mean oh no he get no wait by the time he gets back up to the common room we actually know the time it's about half midnight so it's not that late yeah but then like i don't know like one because i had that note because of how much like slughorn like just falls asleep not passed out (sighs) falls asleep but then also then like skipping into the next chapter then like dumbledore like Is like making a massive deal about like how tired he is and how late it is and blah blah blah. Yeah, like I don't know. Three hours of drinking would never make me pass out. They've drunk sixteen bottles. Let's do it. Let's test it ourselves. Yeah, so we're going to go test that theory. We'll be back for the next episode. After 16 bottles of wine. That's our new podcast name, 16 Bottles of Wine. Yeah. We have a question for the end of the episode. And the question is from Rexy. And they say, do you like musicals? If so, what's your fave? Yeah, so I do like musicals. I'm not like... A musical theater person where i know loads have watched loads like i've been to see some in person i've watched like quite a few films um i do not know them well enough to really have any critical thought aside from watching the clips of bad cinderella i can absolutely ascertain that that is terrible um and i would also say that like because i'm not so massively into musicals i don't watch them on like a large scale i will only watch them if i have a reason to believe that i will like them yeah so i don't think i have ever watched a musical and disliked it yeah i was trying to think i don't think i've seen ones that are better than others but I, oh, I, yeah. I i really can't think of one i've walked away from not liking i have seen quite a few i do like going to the theater and because i live in london and me and they are quite good at like um like on a Sunday, if we've got nothing to do, we will like check return tickets and go for like 20 quid each. And like, so I have seen quite a few things and we're very lucky to be able to live in London and do that. I think some of my favourites are Hamilton, which feels extremely basic to say, but it's fantastic. Yeah, it's That was going to be on my list. Yeah. Um, again basic and this is more the film than the musical though i have seen it on the stage mamma mia obviously i adore it how could you not you have no joy if you don't enjoy it yeah same and i also love mamma mia too it's a lot worse but i do enjoy I it. i actually prefer it Cher ruins it Cher can ruin nothing Cher ruins that that film. is homophobic i don't care Wow. I Hannah, this stand, just in. Hannah hates the gays. I will stand by this. Share ruins that film. You, you're just simply incorrect. Um, She wouldn't even fly to Greece. All her screens look so green screened and awkward. You look so green screened and awkward. Hannah's not actually here. This is uh, actually, you're like in that ABBA thing. You're actually a hologram. Yeah. Look, I can put my hand right through her. What? Ah! Um ironically one of my favorite stage musicals but not film is <laughs> Cats. Yeah. I- okay, I will say yes. One one musical I've watched and hated Cats but the film. I've never seen the stage. I have seen the stage a lot. Um I have a reason for loving it. Um when I was growing up and we like never went to the theater, my But my parents used to record when theatre was put on the telly at Christmas so I could watch it back. And I had a videotape of the recording for Cats off the telly. And I got a bit obsessed with it as kids like do about things and really, really liked it. And then the first thing I ever went to see on stage was when Cats toured in Northampton. And then I went to see it in London when it went back into London with... Oh my God, I can't remember which singer, but an incredibly famous singer where like they actually paused the musical because the crowd wouldn't stop clapping after memory and everyone was crying and it was incredible. So I do really like the stage play, even though it's whack wild. The film is one of my favourite worst films I've ever seen. It's like a fever dream of horrors. Yeah, I fell asleep. That's wild. I don't understand how you can fall asleep through something that horrifying. You were in the room when I fell asleep. Yeah, you just... You you couldn't keep pace with our drinking games. No, clearly not. Clearly not. Um, my favourites: Hamilton, like Hannah said. Um, Chicago, I love. It was an absolute gay awakening. I think I've, yeah, I've seen that in the theatre as well as seen the film, obviously. Massive gay awakening. Moulin Rouge will come as a surprise to no one because I reference it, at least lately, quite a lot. Mm. Um, in terms of, like, obscurer ones, um, I really love Our House, which is a jukebox musical based on the music of madness Ooh. um and that one i mean i love it it's probably not actually good but i do really like it i adore it's not that much more of i adore six i think six is absolutely fantastic i've, I've seen not it twice seen it but i, twice I in want to now and it is wonderful like it's It's, like, somewhat basic in, like, women reclaiming history, but it is done so perfectly that it, like, bypasses that and does also such great diverse casting in every single round of casting that it does. It's just amazing. Yeah. I feel like I'm forgetting a load of musicals. Yeah, I probably am. I've seen... I don't just want to list the ones I've seen because I've seen quite a few. Oh, I've never seen it on stage, but I re-watched Les Mis, the film, for the first time since it came out I've the other day. have never seen it. Well, Neil had never seen it and I'd only seen it when it came out and I was extremely confused when it came out because I didn't, like, look up the plot or who the characters were, which I think sometimes helps with especially all singing musicals. And I very much enjoyed it on second watching. I thought it was yeah. brilliant. Just the concept of it, for some reason, doesn't appeal to me. And i can't justify that in any way you just hate the french there's your justification it is about the french but i will say i also thought that about hamilton where i was just like a just doesn't appeal like i didn't really know and think about it i think all i knew about hamilton before going in was the fandom on tumblr yeah like i did not even know before watching hamilton that it was like rap like oh my God. that's how much like I had just seen bits of the fandom and then so actively avoided right. any information about Hamilton because, like, no disrespect, I love Hamilton, but if you were on Hamilton Tumblr, like on Tumblr in the Hamilton era, like, yikes. Okay. Um. So I had like really directly like avoided things. I can't remember why on earth i decided to actually watch it one day just went on disney plus for free in the pandemic and none of us had anything else to do yeah it was probably that and probably also me being like well i should actually watch it if i'm gonna dislike it and then they started rapping, and i was like this is the best thing i've ever ever seen yeah um yeah no i will say like probably my standout favorites are moulin rouge and chicago which i feel like a very like off our era, like, classics. But, I mean, Chicago is just, oh, Gay Awakening. Thank you for that question, Rexy. That was great. Thank you. And that's it. Do we have anything else we need to go through? No. Okay. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff-tier patrons. Yolanda, Sabandersnatch, Samuel, Patrick, Nick, Michael, Layla, Kylie, Kara, and Molly, Joshua,